This is Solid Foundation Ministries with Dr. Pierre Couvert, building solid foundations through sound Bible teaching. Welcome back to Solid Foundation Ministries. Next Tuesday is Election Day. If you have not voted, get out and do so. This election will determine if America stays America or if it becomes a second-rate nation. I will not tell you who to vote for, but if you can vote for a candidate that is for killing babies in the womb or who is for taking away our First Amendment and Second Amendment rights, there is something drastically wrong with your understanding of what is wrong with America. Voting is not only a right, it is a responsibility of citizenship, and if you haven't voted, you need to get out and do so. Although the solution to the problems in America is not found in the political realm, if we want the freedom to pursue the real solutions, we must keep our freedoms by voting for those who will keep them. The real solution to our problems is in the spiritual realm. America needs revival. If they really want our nations to become great again, we must return to the principles upon which this nation was founded, which are Christian principles, Bible principles. Today, I want to look at a prayer for revival and see the effect that it had in old Israel. We'll be looking in the book of of, uh, Ezra, and we'll see how a prayer of one man changed a nation. Revival is not something we can just put on our calendars and schedule. Scheduling revival services does not guarantee revival. All revivals of the past started with serious prayer. Today I want us to go verse by verse through this prayer in Ezra chapter 9. I'm going to take it apart verse by verse. In verse 1 it says, Now when these things were done, The princes came to me, saying, The people of Israel and the priests and the Levites have not separated themselves from the people of the lands, doing according to their abominations, even of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Jebusites and the Ammonites and the Moabites and the Egyptian and the Amorites. The nation had departed from the principles of God, had violated the principles that they had, uh, or that God had told them to follow when they went into the land. There was no separation from the people of the land. Just like in America, there's no separation of Christians from the world and the worldly practices in this nation. They followed the abominations of the world, and we see that in the Christian realm. Even Christians, or at least supposed Christians, are behind a lot of the things that are evil in this nation. Uh, some who call themselves Christians are are for killing babies in the womb. They're for same-sex marriage and things like this. Folks, they don't understand where we are, and something needs to be done about it. They they married the people of the land. In America, we see Christians marrying unsaved people, and folks, we're not supposed to do that. We're told not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. A uh, Christian should never marry someone who is not a Christian, and I might add, a Christian who is serving God and willing to do so. That's one of the major problems. Uh, 
there was an attitude held by Ezra uh, as he went into this prayer. Listen to what it says in verse 3. And when I heard this thing, I rent my garment and my mantle and plucked off the hair of my head and of my beard and sat down astonished. Ezra was crushed with what he saw in his nation, and as Christians we should be crushed with what we see going on in our nations. The things he did were a sign of great grief. That was the way they showed their grief, as they would rip their clothes and and pull out their hair and things like this. That that was a sign that he was really brokenhearted over what was going on in his nation. He was astonished at what what he saw. Now, this is not a word that we use a lot, and it is related to astonished, but here's what it really means. It means he was stunned. He was stopped in his tracks, and we should be stunned and stopped in our tracks when we see what's going on in America. He was shocked. That means that he was surprised or upset because something unexpected and usually something that is unpleasant had happened. That's what it means to be shocked. He was devastated. He was crushed to the core with what he saw going on in his nation. Does what's going on in America uh, affect you that way? Are you uh, crushed to the core because of the sins of our nation? In uh, in Ezra 9, 5 through 15, we have the prayer, and let's take it apart verse by verse. In uh, verse 5, it says, At the evening sacrifice, I arose up from my heaviness, and having rent my garment and my mantle, I fell upon my knees and spread out my hands unto the Lord my God. He fell on his knees. Folks, that's a sign of his humbleness before God, his bowing down and submitting himself to God. Uh, He spread out his hands. This is an expression of dependence upon God. It's saying, God, I can't fix this, but you can. And I'm here asking you to do it. And I'm opening up my hands to you, depending on you and trusting you to, uh, to take care of the situation. In the next verse, it says, and said, O oh my God, I am astonished and blushed to lift my face to thee, my God, for our iniquities are increased over our head, and our trespass is grown up unto the heavens. His confession was of his sin and the sins of his nation. He 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 was filled with shame. He 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 blushed even to look up to God and ask God uh, for the help that he was so ashamed of what had happened. His nation was over its head in sin. Does that sound like the nation we live in today? Is not our nation over its head in sin? And every kind of debauchery is accepted, and and every good thing is criticized. So we need to, to look at our nation, see the sinfulness of our nation. He acknowledged that God was fully aware of that uh, of their trespass. It had mounted up to heaven. You don't think God knows what's going on in America? Just look at the evil things that are happening to our nation, not just those in our nation, but uh, the things that are happening with this COVID-19 and with the Islamic issues and terrorism, the tearing up of our cities. That's God's judgment on our land because God's aware of what's happening. In the next verse, he said, Since the days of our fathers have we been in great trespass unto this day. And for our iniquities have we, our kings, and our priests been delivered into the hand of the kings of the lands, to the sword, to captivity, to a spoil, 
to uh, confusion of face as it is this day. What was happening in the land wasn't a new thing. The nation had sinned from the days of their fathers. They had suffered greatly for the sin. The people, uh, the kings, the priests, all were guilty. Everybody from the lowest level to the highest level. They had gone into captivity because of their sin. They were killed by the sword because of their sin. All that they had had been taken from them because of their sin. They lived in confusion until the very day of Ezra, and he was talking about this. Folks, we are losing what we have. You don't think that the shutdowns in this nation are hurting people? Yes, they are, taking away the things that we have. Folks, we need to turn back to God. We need to realize that our sin has reached up to heaven, and God is pouring out his judgment upon us. And now, for a little space, grace has been showed from from the Lord our God to leave us a remnant to escape and to give us a nail in his holy place that our God may lighten our eyes and give a little re- a reviving in our bondage. God is a God of grace. His grace had been shown to them uh, for a, a short period of time. Uh, he had left a remnant to escape from the punishment and from, from the captivity. As a matter of fact, this is the beginning of their being able to return to the land. He gave them something to hang on to, a nail in a holy place. A nail, something you can reach out and you can grab a hold of. it. He stuck it there so they could hang on because of the grace of God and, and, and they could depend on him to, to get them out of this but it required their turning back to him. There's still hope for America, as we'll see a a little bit later. He asked God to open their eyes, to lighten their eyes, to give them um, a revival in their bondage. He said, give us a little reviving, just a little bit. It doesn't take a whole lot, folks. If we would just turn back to God, it would make all the difference in the world in this nation. And who has to do that? You can't expect the lost world to do that. That's those of us who say we believe the Bible. We need to get back into the Bible. We need to see what it says, and we need to repent. That's what had happened here in Israel. They had married uh, strange women, and they had... Uh, turned away from God because of the influence of these women, and, and, and they needed to turn back to God. The next for, a verse says, For we were bondmen, yet our God hath not forsaken us in our bondage, but hath extended mercy upon us in the sight of the kings of Persia, to give us a reviving to set up the house of, of God, and to repair the desolation thereof, and to give us a wall in Judah and in Jerusalem. He's talking about the God having the grace and giving them uh, favor with the kings of, of Persia. Remember, when they went back to rebuild Jerusalem, the building of the wall and the build, rebuilding of the temple, when that was done, it was financed, paid for, and it was done under the authority of the king of Persia. So God had, had in his mercy, given them this opportunity to go back and do what needed to be done. Uh, God did not forsake them just because they were in captivity. We're going through difficult times, and God has not forsaken us as Christians in this nation. He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. We can trust him. Though God had sent them into bondage, he never forgot that they were his children, and he never forgot 
for uh, for God that he had made promises to them and he was working to bring them back where they needed to be. He allowed their captors to see God, uh, God's mercy in the things that he did with his people. That's something that the world needs to see. They need to see that God is a merciful God. Our nation needs to understand that God will forgive their sins if they will turn from them. And so God's mercy is important uh, in our lives and it's important that it be seen by those around us. The result of this was a little reviving. Now they uh, took time. It, it took time. If we could just see a little reviving in America today, it would make all the difference in the world. I just finished saying that. I'm saying it again. It doesn't take a lot. It takes, if you and I would turn back to God, if we would be revived and turn back to the to the uh, God of our fathers and the God of the Bible and do what's right, it would change things in this nation. They were allowed to rebuild the temple and the wall in Jerusalem because of God's mercy. And God will allow us to rebuild the the nation in which we live also. It's not a temple that's torn down, although they are tearing down our churches, and many of our churches are not what they ought to be. Those need to be rebuilt. We need a wall of protection around us that protects us from the government, and uh, the Constitution was not written or to limit the people. It was written to limit the government from messing in the affairs of the people. I think this next verse really describes America, he says in his prayer. And now, O our God, what shall we say after this? For we have forsaken thy commandments. He was totally overwhelmed by the grace of God. He he said, we have nothing to answer you, God. What, what, What shall we say? Nothing to answer you. They had forsaken his commandments, and he was left speechless uh, because of it. And we should be speechless before God as far as making excuses or, or, or continuing the way we are. The only thing we have to say to God if we want this nation fixed is, Lord, send us a revival. Send a revival on this nation, and let it start with me. Our pastor last week preached on this passage of Scripture. That's what led me here. It was a totally different message than what I'm preaching. But it it, it so moved me that I realized that, that there was something wrong with me that had to be uh, uh, changed. Our church is starting this next Sunday, our what we call our fall revival. And my prayer is that God will change this church that he will give Brother Beal, who's going to be the speaker during this uh, revival, the messages, there will be six messages preached that we need to hear to change us. Let's not get stirred up at the revival and then walk out and forget about things. Let's be changed by the revival. That's my prayer. But other than that, I have nothing to say to God. We're in trouble because we have not stood for the things of God. This nation is going down because we have not stood up for righteousness. We've allowed our leaders to say it's okay to kill babies in the womb. We've allowed our uh, leaders to say it's okay for a man to marry a man and a woman to marry a woman. It's okay. This is a sad thing to allow homosexual couples who can't have children because they're the same gender to adopt children so they can raise them up in that same thing. These are the evils of this land. This is what's causing us uh, to have all the problems that we have. In this next passage, it says some very important things. It says, 
which thou hast commanded by the, uh, thy servants the prophets, saying, The land into which ye go to possess it is an unclean land, with filthiness of the people of the lands, with their abominations, which have filled it from one end to the other, with their uncleanness. Now, therefore, give not your daughters unto their sons, neither take their daughters unto your sons, nor seek their peace or their wealth forever, that uh, ye may be strong, and eat of the good of the land, and leave it for an inheritance to your children forever. Wow, that's a powerful two verses in this case, case but he, he warned them that uh, what they should do if they wanted to stay out of trouble in the land. America knows what it's supposed to do, at least Christians are supposed to if they've read their Bible, but they're not willing to do it. It said the land was unclean and the people were filthy. That's America today, folks. That may sound harsh, but that's the America we live in. Just look at people. There's no more respect one for another. Uh, People are, are defacing their bodies with piercings and tattoos all over the place. And uh, uh, they're doing all kinds of abominations. They don't think that they need to get married. They, they excuse themselves by, for having sex before marriage and things like this. And that we got to try it out like you try out a new car. Folks, getting married is not buying a new car. It's choosing a partner for life. And you better make sure that you're willing to stand yourself and that you're uh, future spouse is willing to stand on the things of God if you don't want trouble. But it was an unclean land as we are today. It was a land of abominations. Can I say it again? Abortion, uh, taking away our freedoms, homosexual rights, uh, or is it LGBT and all those other alphabet soup things that that they are given rights over those of us who are who are. Uh, trying to live according to God's principles. We can't even say it's wrong without getting ourselves in trouble. But they can say what we're doing is wrong. That's a double standard. But it's full of abominations. God hates these things, and God will punish for these things. They were not to intermarry with the people of the land. Young people, if you hear this, and parents who are raising their children, you need to in, uh, understand that it is wrong for a saved person to marry an unsaved person. Can God fix it if you do? Yes, God is God and can do whatever he chooses. They had been commanded to do a lot more than just not marry the daughters of, of the heathen. They had been commanded to drive them out of the land, and they did not do it. And that's why they had the problems they had. They were influenced by these things. The Bible says evil communications corrupts good manners. That means that if you hang around the wrong people, it's going to pull you down. You will not pull them up. They were not to seek peace with these people nor to seek their wealth. They were to send them out of the land. They were to destroy their stuff and, and start over anew. They were to destroy them and get rid of them altogether. They did not do it. This was to keep them strong and, and to have a land to leave to their children and inheritance for their children. And in both of those cases, it says forever. The reason Israel failed is, and didn't keep the land forever was because they chose not to follow the principles of God as they'd been commanded to do so. It cost them dearly. 
This next uh, verse tells us how Christians ought to respond, how the people of the land should respond, but how we as Christians should respond also today. It says, And after all that has come upon us for our evil deeds, for our great trespass, seeing that thou, our God, hath punished us less than our iniquities deserve, and hast given us such deliverance as this, should we again break thy commandments, and join in affinity with the people of these abominations? Wouldst thou not be angry with us till thou hast consumed us, so that there should be no remnant nor escaping? Should we respond to God's mercy and grace by continuing in sin? Even with all that had come upon them, they were punished less than they deserved. America is in deep sin, and God is judging America, but far less than what we deserve. This nation should already be destroyed for what it's doing and for the sin in this land, but God has chosen not to do so. Should they break his commandments again? Should we continue to break God's commandments? Should we do that? Absolutely not. Should we join in the abominations of the people of the land? Should we join with the homosexuals and the and the baby killers and 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 the the evil people on every side? Absolutely not. We should be separate. The Bible says as Christians we're supposed to be a peculiar people. That doesn't mean we're to walk around like a bunch of weirdos, but it does mean we're supposed to be different. We're not supposed to be like the world. I'm appalled at how many so-called Christians I see dressing like the world, acting like the world, getting tattoos like the world, piercing. I see parents allowing their boys in particular to comb their hair in the styles of this world where it's all messed up instead of combed really or stand straight up in the middle of their head folks that's allowing your children to identify with the abominations of this world and we ought not to be doing that if we do that if we don't change if we don't turn back to god like we should can we not expect his anger to get stronger for there to be more anger? Can we not expect him to completely destroy our nation if it doesn't turn back to God, leaving no remnant? There's still a remnant in America, but if that remnant doesn't stand up and do what's right, can we not expect God to take the remnant out, to to uh, uh, destroy this land completely? Folks, it's up to us. I have said this many times on this broadcast that we as Christians are responsible for the evils in this nation. It's because we will not repent. We will not stand up for righteousness. We're afraid to face up to those who oppose us, afraid they might laugh at us or afraid, hey folks, they might even put us in prison. But we must stand. It was the willingness to go to prison for preaching the truth that brought us freedom in America in the first place. And if we want to keep it, our pastors and the people in the pew are going to have to be willing to take whatever punishment the government throws at them to uh, stand up for righteousness that this nation does not uh, get completely destroyed by God. Listen to this next verse. It says, O Lord... God of Israel, thou art righteous, for we remain yet escaped, as it is this day. Behold, we are before thee in our trespasses, for we cannot stand before thee because of this. This passage of scripture is telling us that we have to depend on the mercy and grace of God. There's nothing good in us that allows us to stand before God. God is righteous 
and they were standing before him in their sin. That's where we stand today. God is still righteous. We are a sinful people as Americans, and we need to understand that we cannot stand before him in our own strength and in our own merit. We cannot. Uh, they had not been destroyed because of God's mercy and because of God's grace. This nation is standing uh, before God on very thin ice. The ice is going to give way if we don't change. The, the, I guess you could say the fires of hell are warming that ice and it's getting thinner and thinner as we follow the God of this world instead of the God of the universe. And we're going to fall through pretty soon if, if something doesn't happen, if something doesn't change. And it's only his mercy that's allowed America to stand. Uh, I see some bad things in the future if we don't turn from our wicked ways, if we don't seek God's face, if we don't do what God commands us to do, if we want our land healed, I don't think we have much time if we don't uh, turn back to God before this nation does go down. This is not a light subject. We need revival in, the, in uh, this land. In ourselves, we cannot stand before God any more than the people of Israel of old could stand before God. Today, we can only stand before God on the merits of, our, of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're out there and you don't happen to be saved, you have no standing before God whatsoever. We can only approach God because we have the righteousness of Christ imputed to us. And if that righteousness is really there, should we not be standing against the evils of this world? But the only way we can stand before God is in righteousness, and that righteousness is Christ's righteousness, not as our own. Remember, the Bible tells us that our righteousnesses, all of them, are as filthy rags, and they, they will not stand up before God. We need His righteousness. So now that we've gone through the, the prayer, let's look at the results. They're found in Ezra chapter 10, verses 1 through 5. In verse 1, it says, Now when Ezra had prayed, and when he had confessed, weeping and casting himself down before the house of God, there assembled unto him out of Israel a very great congregation of men and women and children, for the people wept sore. Something that I was struck with in this passage is the fact that Ezra was brokenhearted and prayed to God a sincere prayer for revival, but he did not call the people together, but they came together anyway. When he started praying, God started moving in the hearts of others. We need to understand that same thing is true for us. If we start praying sincerely for revival with a broken heart and, and asking God to heal our land, God will start working in the hearts of others and we will see these things happen. God answered uh, Ezra's prayer by bringing the people together in repentance. And then it says, And Shadaniah, the son of Jael, one of the sons of Elam answered and said unto Ezra, We have trespassed against our God, and have taken strange wives of the people of the land. Yet now there is hope in Israel concerning this thing. Folks, there's hope for America today, but we're going to have to make some changes in our lives. As uh, we continue on, it says, Now therefore, let us make a covenant with our God to put away all the wives and such as are born of them, according to the counsel of my Lord, 
and of those that tremble in the commandments of our God, and let it be done according to the law. Uh, the people came up with a solution on their own. Uh, Ezra didn't do it. They, they said, listen, we need to put away the sin in our lives. In their case, it was the strange wives and, and the children of the strange wives. They did put them away. It was to be done according to the law of God. Then it says, arise, for this matter belongeth unto thee. We also will be with thee. Be of good courage and do it. The people told their leader, Ezra, that it was his responsibility to do what's right. We must tell our leaders in America, and this election time is the time to do it, that they must do what's right. And then we need to uh, assure them that if they do what's right, we will stand with them. Then it closes out by saying, Then arose Ezra and made the chief priests, the Levites, and all Israel swear that they should do according to this word, and they swear. Ezra made all Israel swear to do according to what had just been said, to put away the strange wives, to turn from them sin. This is real revival. The people were not just stirred. They did something about the situation. America is in great trouble today, and we must care enough to turn from our sin and take action to correct the national sins. Then, and only then, God will heal our land. You have been listening to Solid Foundation Ministries from Lenore, North Carolina. Dr. Kuvert has 35 years in the ministry as a former missionary and pastor. He is available for revivals and various conferences on missions, Bible, Baptist heritage, and the family. To find out more, go to our website, solidfoundationministries.com, or call 828 828- 244-6505. Remember, the Christian life is not about you. It's about God receiving the glory.